We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good with it? Happy Thursday to everyone out there. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anora Boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Left is back in the building after a short hiatus. He spent the day on the links out there in the desert. We had a pretty good show yesterday, Love. Talked a little yeah. bit about the awkwardness mm. of the first year. Mm. 
you know how they give, you know, you can judge a presidency by the first 90 days, they say. Mm-hmm. You can so see we looked at, extrapolate. Yeah, yeah. So we looked at the first year of Marcus Freeman, kind of looked at things, and I compared it to the awkwardness of history that we were able to watch on Wednesday, on Tuesday night, as your guy became the all-time leading scorer in the National Basketball Association. And it should have been it should have been celebratory, right? But it was just some weird stuff happening around, like AD on the bench, Kareem just being, you know, him and Kareem having tension you all know, the time. He was hating. That's okay. How we about no, I'm talking about Kareem was always hating on the That's what line. I'm saying. It's always – I don't feel like the moment was as pure as it should have been in that moment because it was just people attached to it that were acting really weird and awkward, and it was just like, okay. And, and, and for me, you know, I think Marcus Freeman's first year should have been – you know, you always give a honeymoon to a first-year head coach. Yeah. But for a first-year head coach, it was some. There were some really weird things happening during his tenure that made it very awkward for Notre Dame fans to be able to enjoy and properly celebrate. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel about that? I think it definitely wasn't the usual first year of a head coach, especially at a prominent program, uh, because it didn't feel like we was getting off on the right start on all cylinders. There was reports that were coming out about uh, different management stuff and, and guys wanting different things. And at the same time as Marcus Freeman recruiting guys and then uh, just awkward things of is everybody on the same page for him to have to go up there his first year and explain to the media that he's got to ask guys if they want to be here. Uh, you're telling guys that they don't really have an offer and then you're telling guys we're not offering or interested you anymore. Um, I think Marcus Freeman was getting hit with a lot of rights and lefts instead of uh, direct headshots, and I think you know he was been able to to duck and maneuver and still put together a lot of great things. Like I think what saved a lot of the season and brought a lot of connectivity and enjoyment about Marcus Freeman being there is the Legacy Weekend, doing that for the first time, having all the the past Notre Dame players be at the spring game and and feel the vibe and do the networking events and stuff like that. So Marcus Freeman definitely had a lot of successes, but a lot more awkward encounters than what you would expect from a first year guy that that. Oddly enough, everybody wanted. It's not like, you know, we hired a guy out for the street. We hired a guy that everybody in the building wanted. They knew it would be a great fit. And for it to be so obvious to have some of the hiccups in there, you would wonder, you know, what what's on behind the scenes and and um is Marcus Freeman still proving himself? I think a lot of the first year, they probably was like, okay, we're gonna give you a large plate of food and see if you can finish it off. And uh, you know, he got some crumbs left, but he definitely ate well. No, oh, absolutely. And, you know, we pointed out certain things and just pointed out that now that, that awkwardness is hopefully gone. Now things become more natural, more pure under his leadership, especially leading into the hiring of the offensive coordinator. But which, by the way, as I said before, I figured that by the end of the week, you know, we would start hearing about people being on campus for interviews over the weekend, you know, decisions should be talked about and made. And then I expect that by next Tuesday or Wednesday, we should hear news of a clear-cut leader 
or someone emerging and ultimately a decision being made. This weekend, I believe on tomorrow, we will have the transfer players meeting with the media for the first time. It was supposed to happen last weekend, but with the news of Tommy Reese possibly heading to Alabama breaking, they decided to move that back a week. And we'll hear from the transfers tomorrow at 3. So we'll carry what they had to say on Monday's show. Mm. We'll talk about that on Monday's show. But they, they will meet with the media along with some of the other younger players, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern time. So it should be, should be interesting, you know, because now they have something to talk about. Right. Transfer guys, Sam Hartman might be the only one that really has to answer to Tommy Reese specifically. The younger guys, I'll be very interested in hearing what they have to say. Yeah, I think Sam's in a definitely interesting predicament. A lot of uncertainty because he understands what a one year, not too much loyalty is uh, uh, can be expected through transition. And I know he probably had in his head how he saw the year playing out. Yeah. But Tommy's a huge piece to what Sam Hartman's success was and even recruitment to come in Notre Dame. Aside the fact that we knew we was going to elevate his his status in the draft and him being around better players, the there was a real connection to where Sam must have felt he could develop under Tommy for the one year with the different offense that we, um, you know, like to implement. But I'm sure he's probably thinking I should have just stayed. <laughs> but that's the um, that's the carousel of college football, and then Marcus Freeman himself. If I'm Sam Hartman, I'm going in there first day. All right, what mm-hmm. are we doing here? <laughs> what are we talking about? Let's let's stay on that that subject of we and not what you're doing for the program in a in a larger perspective. Because I want to obviously help bring a lot of wins to this football team. But you know, if the ship is steering in a different direction, Tyler Buckner just seems like the more attractive pick in the room right now. Mm. Now you're talking about even in 2023. Because, you know, the theme of our show is big opportunities for Notre Dame in 2023. We're going to delve into that a little bit as why and big opportunities for certain players on the roster. But you've been saying that, like, since the change from Tommy Reese. And shout out to you. I saw you. You know, you guys want to check out Malik. He was also on Locked On SEC this week. Did a great interview. And he pretty much said, look. Jalen Milrose might, might might as well move to wide receiver because there's no, chance, no chance he's beating out Ty Simpson. Tommy <laughs> will coach the unath- uh, the athleticism at your quarterback room. So Jalen Milrose stands no chance because I don't believe Tommy wants to call an offense that's geared away from what he's, you know, what he made famous off of Ian Book with. Yeah. Lucky, Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, you already know we spin it different. So now we move away from the awkwardness. Breaking news. Damore Smith, NFL PA, Mm. is launching an attack on the NFL Combine. Mm. The NFL PA will be entering into discussions along with their representatives to end 
the NFL combine because they say there is nothing physical to gain from the NFL combine. Anything that you need to see, you can do it with scouts going to games, watching the senior bowl and doing your work. You can get measurements at pro days and go to the schools. And on top of that, they feel like it's a bias towards things as far as the interviews and things that come out about certain players and the wonderment test. This is, this is, you know, I don't, is is this an overreaction by Demora Smith and the NFL PA? I mean, look, NFL combine for the network is huge for the NFL network. That's huge. It's huge. That's big money. And everybody likes watching the combine. I think when people aren't focused on what actually the NFL PA needs to be working on, like the disability checks for players and getting more money for, mm. you know, retired players, which is the the most important thing because what's the point of an NFL PA if that's not being addressed? You know, the health and safety of the players beyond the, the, the way the system's structured right now, that's the, the fight. You trying to do – I mean, the NFL PA is the clown show. They're adding games, but then they're complaining about the scouting combine that – for a lot of guys, they elevate through the stock of the uh, of, uh, scouting combine. And it's just one of those things that's attractive to watch. More attractive than the NBA combine. I think the NFL combine has played its role as the the premier offseason scouting camp that you want to be a part of. And even the guys that dream all their lives of going to the, the, the NFL combine because they've seen it forever. And every year I felt like it's got pretty more ex- uh, pretty exciting uh, from the numbers and the and just being amazed by how big some of these dudes are. But I think, you know, everybody's very sensitive. So once they had that question about uh, Geis, Darius Geis, about how his mom is a crackhead or something. Yeah, not that. They the took that. Yeah, Obviously, the they're focused on that more so than, you know, they don't even care about Darius Geis now. He got in trouble and that was it. So it just shows the NFL is picking and choosing once again, trying to cause a stir. But I would like for them to focus their energy on actually getting some of these players that, you know, are hurting when they retire some of those, some more money. Is there anything, and we're going to get to the players for Notre Dame that were actually invited and one big omission from this year's NFL combine in a few minutes. Is there anything in particular that you would change about the combine. I'll tell you this, Left. My favorite day is like the defensive and offensive line. Mm. Because, oh, man, especially when they do the bag drill. I just like the athleticism that we see. Of a like huge Jordan, dude, You get somebody like Jordan Davis running like a 4'8". I'm like, bro, that's, that's more impressive than somebody that's 170 pounds running a 4'3". I'm sorry. You get a dude that's 330, allegedly, running a 4-8, that's absolutely incredible. Absolutely. And then just the, the thought of taking away the thoroughness of how these draft scouts and, and these guys go about selecting players, I think getting rid of that is will make it harder on, you know, making the right fits for teams that produce a great product. You still want to be able to produce competitive games, a great product, and I think the scouting combine, just the eye test is important. It's important for some coaches. It's important uh, to see those numbers of what you can do in, in shirts and shorts. But mm. overall, I don't think the, the process has been negative. 
for guys. I mean, guys that aren't prepared, but if you go to any networking event, you're going to have the same type of uh, challenges that present yourself. This just happens to be for millions of dollars. I'm looking forward to what might come of this. Because you know how people might start an argument, but that's not really what they're shooting for, right? Yeah, they're just throwing something to see how they can test So they can leverage to get what they really want. And maybe they want certain changes made at the combine, the interview process. Maybe they want, you know, because now standardized, standardized testing is not necessary now for a lot of colleges. For high school races students. or something like that. So maybe they get rid of the run wonderlick test. Maybe that's something they're aiming for. Maybe they're trying to streamline interviews with teams and things of that nature, which deal more with the mental side of things. And for me, it's probably the most important thing for an owner or a GM to sit down and look you in the eye and ask you a couple of tough questions to see how you respond to it. Are there some questions that might be over the top? Absolutely. I, I, I can agree with that. You know, I would make it my business to say, I would make it my business to say, yo, don't ask me about my family. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that too, it, it, it would affect a lot of what the agencies do. Most mm. of these agencies are hell bent on being the best NFL prep to go to the draft. Right. So athletes first, CAA, they shower their guys with all the resources in the world to get prepped for the draft, whether it be location all the trainers, this and that, and the third. Without that, how do agencies survive? I think you'll see maybe a lot more independent agents, like ones that I worked with when I was going through the process. But it would take away a lot of the aesthetic of why an agency is even important in going uh, in going into the NFL as a professional athlete. Yeah, so one of the things that stands out is that Jason Adam Miola was not invited to the NFL combine. <laughs> Jared Patterson was, Michael Mayer was. Oh, that dude that wore 16 for Notre Dame. <laughs> he was invited as well. So those are your representatives at the NFL Combine and Isaiah Foskey as well. Those are your representatives for Notre Dame. He was 16. The dude that came over from Northwestern. Oh, gosh. The dude that wanted money to do the podcast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that, yeah. That's why I forgot his number. It wasn't even that impactful. Well, I'm not saying his name. No, that's my. That's he'll, be my he'll be he'll he'll be there representing himself as independent. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's our level of pettiness surrounding that. So, are you shocked that Jason Adamiola got left off? Um. A little shocked just because I think Notre Dame carries enough weight to get you in there, at least mentioned. Mm. Um, was he a player that I was like, man, he's gonna have a he's having a crazy career right now this season? He was more of a, a great role player. I think he's awkwardly undersized compared to some of the guys in the combine, because you know the combine is all about the freaks. Mm-hmm. So if you ain't six six or you know, seven feet tall, three forty or something. You know, they 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 gonna go with that first, and I think yeah. that sticks a lot to the first second round is all about what you look like, because they can they can, they feel like they can coach you to get to where they want. So Jason Adamiola is just such a hybrid of a player that you don't know if he's 
a, a hand in the dirt kind of guy, could be a stand up guy, could be a linebacker if you lose some weight. Mm. He's only maybe what six two. It's just like, dang, <laughs> where what group would he fit in? Maybe it was they don't know what group to fit him in. And, you know, everything's about numbers and stuff. So maybe it's too many in the D line or too many linebacker group for him to be such a hybrid. But in terms of uh, him and Fowski, I think Fowski was already slated to come to the combine because of his numbers. Um, Adam Yola just didn't have the impact I thought he should have had last, last season, but maybe that that's just my opinion. Yeah, the numbers weren't there, and we talked about <laughs> the big players not stepping up. And it's hard. It's hard in those situations because they're going to look at early on. Yeah. They're going to be like, mm, I get bored watching your film. You know, you're not popping enough for me to be like, let me see something more. So maybe he already has a slotted grade on the draft board that they're like, I don't know if you're going to rise any more than this. So we might as well just go with guys that are more on the hinge or fringe. Do you think it would benefit the athletes if everything was geared more towards the pro days rather than the NFL combine? Not talk, I know the NFL would never let it happen because that's too much money in their pockets and yeah, too much access for the teams yeah. and the network. But if you literally just had the senior bowl and then guys were able to train and get ready for their pro days – would that be better for the athletes coming off the college season? Well, I just think it's all about the process. You know, like just like the NBA is 82 games because that's what it takes to be a professional. You have, you know, 82-game season. You don't want to shorten the games because of whatever. The, that's the point of a pro athlete is to go through those processes. It needs to be like at the combine. They don't let you sleep that much. They want to stress you as much as they can. And I think a lot of that is more for the psychological aspect of figuring out who's the right guy as opposed to watching film all day and being like, he can play, he, can, he can't play. So the psychological aspect of the process of becoming a pro athlete, I think is important because it does in a way uh, weed out the guys that are, you know, built for the process of being a, a mature pro and then guys that are absolutely talented that could play in the NFL, but don't have the professional uh, work ethic to be on time and work out consistently. A lot of guys don't, take the training that you do during the draft prep at any other point in their career up into the NFL. So you got guys doing a lot that they haven't even done before, but they may be great talented players, but they haven't had that schedule where you're waking up, hitting a stretch, hitting a workout, eating all types of nutritious things, doing a body comp, getting a massage, running the 40, working out. So that's a, that's more of a test in my opinion than there's a, direct correlation to just being a pro because at the end of the day, all these guys that are slated to be drafted are pretty much talented enough to compete, but they want to know the guys who they're giving all this money to, if they're going to be longer than uh, a one, two season thing. Out of the four guys going to the combine, who do you think has the best showing? Should be Fowski. I think he looks the best from a eye test and he should test the best considering he's supposed to be what top first, what early second round, first second day guy, and I would want him to represent us the best because he's our best player. We putting in the draft, <laughs> mm. right? Our best you chance know. for a first round pick. Yeah, like he needs to be the best because we're throwing. Well, I take that back. Michael Mayer is the best bet. Oh, but my, is he even? 
if I'm Michael Mayer, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not gonna yeah. run the 40, I'm not gonna do nothing. So you wouldn't run the 40? Would you go through the drills, the pass catching drills? Man, Michael Mayer had how many catches, how many yards? He was ranked what? Come on, man. Like Michael Mayer is probably like, listen. So he strictly you wouldn't you wouldn't lift. He's going to the Packers. He's going to the Packers. That's where he's going. I don't know what pick that is, but he's going to the Packers. It's already done, sealed, and delivered. This is just for certain players like him and Jordan Davis and you know, bona fide number one picks. He's one of those guys and he's going to the Packers because he looks like Jordy Nelson just on steroids. But yeah. Fosky, can, Fosky can fall or rise, I think, because it was like, man, you have a lot of untapped potential from watching film. It feels like you can be so much more. Maybe that's a scheme fit. Maybe that's just who you're around or whatever, but you know, it's different than Will Anderson. Yeah. Will Anderson, we could just point to a couple numbers and be like, yeah, you, you're ready. <laughs> well, Fosky, you want to turn on the film and be like, okay, are they matching up with what you're showing in the stat book? And so I think that's where he can take advantage of that. Uh, and I don't think people know how freaking big Fosky really is. Like, he's really not no small guy. And I right. think when you see him in person, these scouts see him in person, they're like, oh, Okay, you 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 didn't play like your size on film, but I, mm. I like what we can do with you, you know. Right. 6'5, 260, you see him and you're like, oh. Because he looks bigger than 6'5, because I think he just got a big head or something, but whatever it is, that brother, that brother big, you know. But then you see him play and consistently on film and at the senior bowl against the bigger tackles, he struggled. Yeah, he's he I think his his move is to overpower guys. And so it would be nice to see him get some different speed rush moves because, like you said, in the league, you mean you know, a guy like Trent Williams, you're not running through that. Not no. even Ronnie. No. Ronnie's not going to let you just run through him like that. Like, And these are the top tackles and stuff in the league. So, And he's long, so certain tackles he can outlimp, meaning he can get his hands on them first. The bigger tackles, yeah. like once they get their hands on you, it's like, nah. You can't overpower him. I would like them. to see um, Fosky's aggression. I don't think he's – I think he's a really good human being. But his <laughs> aggression on the football field is definitely – He doesn't have a streak. Much. Yeah, he don't, ha- he don't, he don't have no, no, no things where I'm like, I shouldn't leave my bag around him or nothing. Like, I feel like I would leave my bag open around Fosky. <laughs> I'd probably show him everything in my bag and leave it open and walk away or something with Fosky. I don't have no – Edge that I'm feeling like he can go out there and present. So you can order. walk off. You can you can you can walk up to you can walk up to him with your Cuban link on. Yeah, he. You don't he have to put it. You don't have to tuck it inside your shirt. Don't got to tuck it. I probably let him wear it for a little bit. He probably give it back to me or something. You know. So I think uh, the one thing the narrative that exists in Notre Dame program is the the physicality and the aggression. We got a lot of four for forty upstanding citizens that attend Notre Dame that are well-rounded Renaissance men, men that just, you know, see the bigger picture of things. Don't even want to try for the combine going to get a straight job. Guys not finishing their last year because they want to go work in politics, you know? So we got a lot of really, uh, we recruit well from uh, the holistic version of a person. But sometimes when it comes to specific things like this football, we need guys with a little screw loose. And I think we haven't had a screw loose guy in a long time. Maybe Michael Floyd. 
but that was back when we was throwing it to one person all the time, 100 receptions in one season. So we'll see how it goes. That's that hero ball you talk about. Like, man, hopefully whomever is the next offensive coordinator is able to divide the ball equally, especially amongst the pass catchers. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Also, check out the YouTube page, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. Leave your comments. We respond to all comments. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, leave five stars. We appreciate you, LL Nation, Notre Dame fans. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We, we spin it different. Last point, though. Uh-huh. Getting rid of the scouting combine, how can they make a case for Will Levis being anywhere close to the first round? <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. They don't need the combine to move up any player they want to move up. No, but they need prospect. an excuse by playing his highlights 50 million times in a row to try to trick the people into thinking he's in the same light as CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Because when you cut on that tape, you're like, why is he even in the top three? But they need the scouting combine to boost him. Right, right. Right. Hype right. him up. I mean, right. scouting combine drafted Zach Wilson second before. And then was like, all right, we worry about three, four, five, six picks. So it wasn't even a, a thing because you didn't hear about Zach Wilson till what? The pro day, the combine. They overplayed the shit out of his pro day. So that's how Will Levis is going to get drafted high because it's a great excuse. But without it, Will Levis will be where he should get drafted in the seventh round. That's a good point. Did you say the seventh round, bro? He had. Did you say the seventh round? He's the next Brock Purdy. He's the next Brock Purdy. Ian books to win this quarterback of all time and got drafted fourth round. I'm just saying. But he about to play in the Super Bowl. Shout out Ian Book. Maybe Jalen Hurts goes down and you can go say the day. Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. It is just amazing that things can get to a point. And I'm looking forward to the pro day, right? Yeah. What do you expect Brandon Joseph to run? Four, six, five? He doesn't come across as a superstar athlete so he'll probably run in the averages of the safeties maybe a four six five four five five something around that is he elitely gifted athletically no so i think he'll fall in the middle of the pack for that but his intangibles are going to be coming from film and and you know good stories told about him that when he played against ohio state yeah because this film this northwestern film is much better yeah his Northwestern film is much better than his Notre Dame film, unless you're talking about the first two games. Then you, you're thinking you're getting an all-pro safety after watching Ohio State and Marshall. And then you get to, like, the second half of the Cal game, and it's like, by the way, we still have to do our Back to the Future Cal segment this week. We might save it for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be – we're going to have a special guest besides left because left is in Arizona, but we're going to have another special guest live from Arizona. Tomorrow, and we're going to do our cow recap and look to the future based upon that game. I'll tell you this in that cow game, 
we saw what the bookend tackles should look like moving forward. Like, I've never seen a game where two tackles just took over the game. Like, if right. you really watch it a second, they just took the game over. It took the game over. I'm talking about after making mistakes early in that game. I don't know what Harry said at halftime. <laughs> now, Harry, get in me now. He ain't going to let you just – he's like, you representing me out there? What y'all doing? Yeah. Well, I don't know what he said at halftime, but he definitely – so now we have Michael Mayer not participating – Strictly doing interviews. You have Isaiah Foskey having to put on a show to cement himself in the first round. Jared Patterson, more than likely right now, sitting. He's going to go back to center. But that really doesn't matter because they know he's versatile. And that's a lot, especially with roster flexibility, being able to go into a game with eight offensive linemen instead of nine. You have a guy like Jared Patterson that can literally play every position on the line. He's worth his level. At a high level, he's worth his weight and gold. Probably second, third round for Jared Patterson. Offensive line prospects are really deep this year, along with cornerback, defensive line. On defense, it's a pretty deep draft. It really is. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in seeing how all four of these guys perform. Notre Dame's representation, I think, is going to continue to grow. Over the next two or three years, I think we'll see even more Notre Dame players at the Combine and performing at a higher level. Performing at a higher level. Left, we're going to try to get left to the pro day this year. Oh, shoot. He didn't make it last year. We're going to try and get him to the pro day. Maybe left can throw to Michael Mayer. Oh, listen, I'll get him drafted number one pick. You see, Kevin Austin had Jack Cohn to throw to him last year. And got and – got, uh... Kevin Austin now, on the team now. He's he on a he's on the I think he's still on Jackson. Yeah, he's on that bandwagon team. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bandwagon. You mean a playoff division title winning team? Yeah, you're a bandwagon team. <laughs> like I said. No. I was there, I was there with the bad days and the good days. I was there with David Garrard, left which I was there. I guess so I you say. <laughs> so you say. So you say. I like how you snuck in the T-shirt, though, from the uh, NFL oh, experience man, I'm this week you, I can on the show. Come from the team locker room. <laughs> Real fan. I'm telling you. So how was your outing yesterday before we switch and transition over to talking about the big opportunities for Notre Dame in 2023? Man, a lot of things going on for Notre Dame in general. Monty Williams winning the championship for the NBA, especially getting Kevin Durant to switch over. I thought that was huge, especially for the city of Phoenix. Uh, the, the football Super Bowl. So it was lit. It was lit last night. It was just the city just erupted around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock last night, local time. They knew they knew uh, uh, the the championship was on its way, you know. They guys gonna get healthier and it's gonna be great. But the Super Bowl experience is awesome because everybody's like the football mecca for the week. You really get to see everybody that wants to be anybody. And I end up going to the waste management open, so you get a bunch of old guys out there 
golfing and, and doing their thing and, and got to see Pac-Man Jones for a little bit. He's doing media, got to see Reggie Bush out there trying to swing it. So it's all about connections and then um, as much as you can and enjoying the football life, man. This is the pinnacle of the season. So everybody's going to be out, especially in their best. Mm. Who was the uh, coolest person you've run into this week? Shoot, man. I think it's just I saw Larry Fitzgerald yesterday. Oh, that's a legend. That's a legend. That's a, I mean, that's a local, national, yeah. college Hall of Fame. Yeah. He definitely uh, walks around like he is that. So it's dope to get a chance to talk to him. He can golf a little bit too, but he is Mr. Arizona for sure. So it was cool seeing Larry. I mean, he still looked good. Maybe not as fast, but he can still catch the football. Look, he probably is the low-key governor. Oh. <laughs> Out there. No, like he runs stuff for sure. I'm trying to think. Can Reggie swing? Reggie's strong. So, you know, he's working his game out, trying to be more smooth. Did you swing? I was swinging a little bit on the driving range. I wasn't swinging on no actual course. That's pressure now. <laughs> they got, they had pro golfers really out there. What are you talking about? That's not pressure, man. It's That's crazy because these golfers be looking like regular people. Yo, now let me tell you pressure. Like, I play. Me and my dad, we started at the same time. And my mom and, and my wife, they blessed us with a trip out to uh, Torrey Ponds. Mm. Yeah, we stayed on the resort. And we went and played in a, a public course, right? Well, they have a, a public course that's part of it. And... um it's always packed. So getting an appointment or a tea time is like incredibly difficult, right? Sometimes it's like a year out. So because we were staying on the resort, we were able to get a tea time. And I've never been more nervous on a tee, bro. And at this time, I was a decent golfer. Because, you know, you start playing golf, the first goal is to break 100. Right. Then once you break 100, it's break 90. Mm-hmm. Right. So at this point, I'm I'm hovering around, you know, some days I'm breaking 90, some days I'm not. But I'm right in that 92 to 87 range consistent. And so I feel confident, you know, my game is getting better, but I've never been more nervous because it's literally people literally come and wait for a tea time the public. They show up at like five in the morning. Just to see if they get something to shake out. To see if they can get a tea time. So they will wait four or five hours for a tea time. And they all stand there and watch. So it's just hundreds of golfers, man, just standing there, just watching people tee off. You know, and it's crazy. Yeah, so it was like I I got to imagine what it would be like to tee off at a tournament on a minor scale. And it was, dude. Man, I sliced the heck out of my drive, too. I sliced the heck. I pulled it a little bit off the right, sliced it across the fairway. So I was over in the left rough. I was able to find it. That's I, As long as I was able to find it and play, I was happy. 
But it's so it's super frustrating, you know, watching it and playing it. I mean, I was with guys that was crushing it. I'm talking about hitting it out of the sand trap, getting nice and close to the hole, and then the next hole. Yeah. The next, I'm talking about the the next couple of feet we took to hit the next shot, shank all the way to the right over. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So I don't know, man. You got to stay smooth whenever you out there and uh, can't mentally let it get to you because it'll ruin your game. Now, this is the craziest thing. Um, I played in 116-degree weather in Scottsdale mm. at, the, at the PGA course with my dad. And this was like the most comfortable 116 degree weather. No, it is ever. It wasn't like I wasn't. I was. I knew it was hot, but I was like, okay, you're not standing there sweating. You just like right, right, right. It was. I was like, yo, I didn't think I was going to be able to finish the 18 at first. I'm (laughs) like, yo, it's 116 degrees. But you get a couple cold ones in you, man. You're gonna be right. I played at the reserve in mm-hmm. Vegas with my dad. And we had to stop on the seventh hole. And my dad looked at me and he said the inside of my eyes was just all white. Like right here. Yeah. And he was like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah. I think. And he's like, You sure? I tee off, I go to my second shot, and all I saw was like this haze, dude. Oh, yeah. It's that heat stroke, though. Hey, and I said, you know what? No, nah, I'm not good. Yeah. And literally, when I went back, you know, someone told me, like, yo, you, you got to put some fluids in. Like, Yeah, I'm, you're going to get that, uh, start seeing mirages like you in the desert for real. <laughs> for real. For real. It was dangerous, man. It was dangerous. So, I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you're out there networking, bumping into a lot of people, man. It's a great time. Like I said, if you ever get an experience, you know, Super Bowl week is what Pro Bowl week used to be. Like, you oh, talk to man, people yeah, that used to go to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii back in the day. They, that, was the, that was the week to go to. They talked about that being legendary, mm-hmm. right, because it was a full week. NBA All-Star Weekend has gotten ghetto. Okay, that enough said. Lucky Lucky Podcast. That, there you go. There you go. There you go. It is though. It is. It's become real ghetto. It real like okay. The unfortunately, of, of all star games. Unfortunately, <laughs> the source awards for all star. It, it it used to be really neat. It was neat, but now, yeah. It's, they want to. They want to put too much in there, you know. Yeah, it is um, definitely not the same. <laughs> definitely not the same. <laughs> we get ready to transition over to 2023 and what it holds for Notre Dame and the big opportunities. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. 
Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.